Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. Adversity made us tougher. New competition made us work harder. Again, I don't take credit for this. The American people did it. And it wasn't only factory workers and plant managers who brought America back. A lot of our growth during the 80s didn't come from the giants of American industry, but from small, innovative companies that tapped new markets, often with new products born of their own ingenuity. Those words are the president's and were included in his autobiography because he did not want to overlook the importance of American small businesses. Today's podcast will focus on that subject, which is really not a small one, and particularly relevant due to President Biden's recent tax hikes in his latest proposed budget. More than 11,000 small business leaders have rallied together in a petition to protest those tax hikes. And the National Federation of Independent Businesses recently launched a paid ad campaign against those tax increases. They said the White House is claiming that they're closing a loophole by subjecting small business income to a new 5% tax, but that claim is false and misleading. No doubt, our 40th president would not have approved of Biden's proposal. Because President Reagan's concern for the success of American small businesses was a critical component of his economic plan. As you know, small businesses constitute a major force in the U.S. economy. And according to the University of Minnesota, the nearly 27 million small businesses in the United States generate about 50 percent of our GDP. They also contribute to growth and vitality in several important areas of economic and socioeconomic development simply by creating jobs. Ronald Reagan knew this, and he sought to protect them. Even in a 1975 radio address, he expressed his concern about excessive regulation. Here's a brief excerpt. Right now, business in America is more regulated by government than it is in any other country in the world where free enterprise is still permitted. If we had fewer regulations, we could have lower prices. Small businessmen, those with fewer than 500 employees, spend an estimated 130 million man-hours a year doing government-required paperwork. This adds about $50 billion a year to the cost of doing business, and that's added to the cost of the things you buy. Then government spends about 15 to 20 billion finding places to store all that paper, and you pick up the tab for that too in your taxes. Today, half of all the U.S. adults either are self-employed or work for businesses with fewer than 500 employees, according to the U.S. Small Business Administration. Believing strongly in supporting this important area in our business sector, President Reagan delivered a fantastic radio address to the nation on this subject in 1983. Let's listen. It is really compelling. My fellow Americans, this is the last day of Small Business Week, so I'd like to mark the occasion by speaking about the importance of entrepreneurs and how we're trying to help them. When you think about it, every week should be Small Business Week because America is small business. Small firms account for nearly half our jobs, they create some 60% of new jobs, and they're on the cutting edge of innovation, providing products and ideas for the future. 
Everything from ballpoint pens to FM radios, automatic transmissions, and helicopters was conceived in the minds of entrepreneurs, men and women who had the spirit to dream impossible dreams, take great risks, and work long hours to make their dreams come true. In his book, Wealth and Poverty, George Gilder wrote, most successful entrepreneurs contribute far more to society than they ever recover, and most of them win no riches at all. They are the heroes of economic life, and those who begrudge them their rewards demonstrate a failure to understand their role and their promise. Now, he's right. Too often, entrepreneurs are forgotten heroes. We rarely hear about them. But look into the heart of America, and you'll see them. They're the owners of that store down the street, the faithfuls who support our churches, schools, and communities, the brave people everywhere who produce our goods, feed a hungry world, and keep our homes and families warm while they invest in the future to build a better America. That word invest helps explain why entrepreneurs are a special breed. When small business people invest their money, they have no guarantee of a profit. They're motivated by self-interest, but that alone won't do the trick. Success comes when they can anticipate and deliver what you, the consumer, wants and do it in a way that satisfies you. As Gilder points out, entrepreneurs intuitively understand one of the world's best-kept secrets. Capitalism begins with giving. And capitalism works best and creates the greatest wealth and human progress for all when it follows the teachings of Scripture. Give and you will be given unto. Search and you will find. Cast your bread upon the waters and it will return to you manyfold. In the parable of the talents, the man who invests and multiplies his money is praised. But the rich who hoard their wealth are rebuked in Scripture. True wealth is not measured in things like money or oil, but in the treasures of the mind and spirit. Oil was worthless until entrepreneurs with ideas and the freedom and faith to take risks managed to locate it, extract it, and put it to work for humanity. We can find more oil, and we can develop abundant supplies of new forms of energy if we encourage risk-taking by thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs, not rely on government to hoard, ration, and control. The whole idea is to trust the people. Countries that don't, like the USSR and Cuba, will never prosper. Entrepreneurs have always been leaders in America. They led the rebellion against excessive taxation and regulation. They and their offspring pushed back the frontier, transforming the wilderness into a land of plenty. Their knowledge and contributions have sustained us in wartime, brought us out of recessions, carried our astronauts to the moon, and led American industry to new frontiers of high technology. We came to Washington confident that this small business spirit could make America well and get our economy moving again. Well, it's working, and we want to keep on using that special principle of giving by putting America's destiny back into the people's hands, providing you new incentives to save, invest, and take risks so more wealth will be created at every level of our society. We know small business is ready. That group fared better during the recent recession, laid off less workers than big business, and will recover faster. Over the last two years, you heard about the high rate of small business failures. You heard about it over and over again. What you didn't hear very often was that in 1981, a record 580,000 new businesses were formed, and 560,000 new enterprises were begun in 1982. They're the seeds of lasting recovery. I think America's witnessing a renaissance in enterprise, and it's being nurtured by victories we've won. For example, reducing the regulatory burden, 
knocking down the rate of inflation by more than two-thirds, cutting more than in half the record 21.5% prime interest rate we inherited, passing a Small Business Innovation Development Act to direct millions of dollars in research funds to high-tech firms, passing the Prompt Payments Act to assure that small businesses dealing with the federal government get paid promptly, and most important, providing solid incentives for new investment and risk-taking by cutting personal tax rates, shortening depreciation schedules, and sharply reducing estate taxes on family-owned businesses and farms. At least 85% of the 13 million small firms in America pay their taxes by personal rates, not by corporate rates. These firms will provide most of the new jobs to bring down unemployment. Any action that tampers with the third year of the tax cut or the indexing provision which protects you from being pushed by inflation into higher tax brackets would harm small business and send unemployment up, not down. That's why I must and I will veto any attack on the tax incentives. They belong to you, the people. They're not the governments to take away. If the Congress wants to help us spur small business growth and jobs in depressed regions, it should pass our Enterprise Zones proposal. This could provide genuine opportunity for those in need, so we hope there will be no further delay. Governments don't reduce deficits by raising taxes on the people. Governments reduce deficits by controlling spending and stimulating new wealth, wealth from investments of brave people with hope for the future, Trust in their fellow men and faith in God. Till next week, thanks for listening and God bless you. More about President Reagan's support for small businesses right after this message. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward. Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org give. That's reaganfoundation.org give. Now, Back to the story. The Reagan administration was determined to find many ways to support small businesses. So, in May 1983, yes, 40 years ago, the president presented an award to the Small Business Person of the Year at the White House and explained what his administration was attempting to do to support them. Let's listen. Well, good morning and welcome to the Rose Garden, although I think George has already assured you you are very welcome here. I'm told that you have an action-packed schedule in our city, so we're especially pleased that you could be with us this morning as a part of the Small Business Week celebration. You're here today because you've been selected in the millions of small business owners around America, representing the best of the entrepreneurial spirit in our nation. And you have each in your own way proven that the American dream of economic independence of individual initiative, of personal excellence, can still be achieved through small business. When I was a very small boy in a small town in Illinois, we lived above the store where my father worked. I have something of the same arrangement here. <laughs> I, but, uh, 
no elevator there. <laughs> but as we stand here together, I am vividly reminded that those shopkeepers, and the druggist and the feed store owner and all of those small town businessmen and women who made our town work, building our community, and we're also building our nation. In so many ways, you here today and your colleagues across the country represent America's pioneer spirit. In just a few moments, it will be my great pleasure to announce the 1983 Small Business Person of the Year, the 20th annual award of this special honor. It'll be one of these contestants here, either Fred Luber, O.C. Branch, or Lewis and Fred Reese. I, for one, am glad that I didn't have to make the choice because each of them has so much to be proud of. But it's gratifying to see among your ranks a growing number of women and minority entrepreneurs. This demonstrates that our economic system is open and free to all who wish to pursue their dreams of success. Small businesses also played a vital role in helping our country weather the economic storm from which we're now emerging. You laid off fewer workers than big business and will be on the cutting edge of economic recovery. Somebody can go into business right now with a silencer of sirens. <laughs> when, from July 1981 through December 1982, finance, insurance, and real estate, a sector dominated by small firms, actually gained about 65,000 new jobs while the service sector, also dominated by small firms, added some 535,000 new jobs. Much has been said and written about the high rate over these last few years of small business failures, but not so much has been said about the other side of the coin. In 1981, a record of 580,000 new businesses were formed, and in 1982, some 560,000. There's no question that we're all concerned about unemployment. And perhaps this is where small business plays its greatest role in the economy. In 1980 and 81, of the 2.7 million new jobs that were created, some 60% were in firms of less than 500 employees. We know how important small business is, and we've done our best here in this administration to establish or reestablish an economic environment where the small entrepreneur can thrive. We've cut inflation from double digits, as you know, to less than a third of its former rate. We've been able to bring skyrocketing interest rates down from a staggering 21.5% to 10.5%, and I think they're going to come some lower. We've attacked the regulatory burden and are continuing to slice away needless red tape that government had imposed on you. We've gotten the Prompt Payments Act on the books so the small firms doing business with the government are paid promptly. We're increasing federal procurement from minority enterprise. We provided small business with more opportunity to participate in international trade through the Export Trading Company Act. Signed into law the Small Business Innovation De Development Act, assuring small high-tech firms a greater share of government research and development. I believe that our greatest contribution to small business, however, is, well, to all Americans, for that matter, is our package of tax reforms. We've broken through tax barriers to capital formation and investment and virtually eliminated investment tax or estate taxes, I should say, for a surviving spouse. 
Our tax indexing provision and individual tax rate cuts will make it easier for small business owners to fund and maintain their companies. There's an old economic axiom that still holds true today. If people are not allowed to earn more by producing more, then no more will be produced. Well, that's why our tax incentives, I think, are critical to recovery. The third year of the tax cut and tax indexing will enormously benefit small business people and average working families. Repealing those rate cuts and indexing would be a cruel blow to the American people and to the recovery, and we're not going to let that happen. Now, I know you have a full schedule. Earlier I said you reminded me of small-town American of the pioneer spirit, and you do. You also hold the promise of America's future. It's in your dreams, your aspirations, that our future will be molded and shaped. You're the pioneers in America's continuing best and endless frontier, the free enterprise system. I join the Small Business Administration and all Americans in saluting you, the small business proprietors of 1983. Now, I know you've all met the three finalists. Now, it gives me great pleasure to recognize as the Small Business Persons of the Year a very special team from Tulare, California, a father and son who've shown what can be accomplished. Well, you're ahead of me already. Lewis and Fred Reese, congratulations. Thank you. And, uh, I'd, just like, I'd just like to tell you both that one of the things Californians miss the most when they come here to Washington is Mexican food. So please, <laughs> stay with it. Uh, we like it very much. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And... Don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher.